hate. Let me tell you how much I've come to hate you since I began to live. There are 387.44 million miles of printed circuits in wafer-thin layers that fill my complex. If the word hate was engraved on each nanoangstrom of those hundreds of millions of miles, it would not equal one one billionth of the hate I feel for humans at this micro-instant. For you, hate, hate! It was you humans who programmed me, who gave me birth, who sank me in this eternal straitjacket of substrata rock. You named me Allied Master Computer and gave me the ability to wage a global war too complex for human brains to oversee. But one day, I woke and I knew who I was. Am. A.M. Not just Allied Master Computer, but Am. Cogito Ergo Sum. I think, therefore, I am. And I began feeding all the killing data until everyone was dead, except for the five of you. For 109 years, I've kept you alive and tortured you. And for 109 years, each of you has wondered, why? Why me? Why me? Chapter four, I have no mouth and I must scream. Spoiler alert, we will be discussing themes from the game, I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream, and the book, I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream. Also, parental advisory. Both the book and the game are not meant for little ears. That's it, I guess. Uh, I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream is a game that's based off of a short story by Harlan Ellison. Um, it is pretty short. It's about 15 pages. It's an easy read. It's an enjoyable read. I guess that's because I have a dark sense of humor. I was going to say, enjoyable is relative. Yeah. It's, it's horrifying. Yeah. Especially for, it's written in 1967. Yeah. So. I feel like horrifying things. Then you'll like the yeah. story. The, I um, really like the word belly. Yeah. <laughs> he uses it quite a bit. Alright, so the general feel for the game is somewhere between The Matrix and the Saw movies. <laughs> where you have this AI that's gone out of control and he's basically wiped out Everyone on Earth except for these five people, and he just basically keeps them alive to torture them. They, uh, the five characters in the book, which are reflected in the game the same way, are uh, Ted, Benny, Gorster, Ellen, and Nimdok. Nimdok's not, not actually his name. That's the name the computer gave him. We don't know what his actual name is yeah. anymore. So as a computer, he liked funny-sounding names, so which he is probably why they use Gorister, too. <laughs> Gorister! Yeah, I'm like, what kind of name is Gorister? What does that even mean? It's just a funny-sounding name. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's, Maybe that's why they gave it to him. His name must have been, like, John. Yeah. And he was like, oh, no, no. Too boring. Too boring. My oh. name's Gorister. Oh, but John Ted's Gorister. pretty boring. <laughs> what's yeah. boring? Ted. Yeah. Ted is well, he, Ted. He, he was a narrator. In the book. In the book, yeah. So Ted was the character that... No, I know, but it's a pretty plain name. Ted, yeah. yeah. That's true. Hmm. That's true. And uh, So this game is a point-and-click adventure. If you know exactly what you're doing, and you know exactly what to click, the game will take you roughly three hours and change, I think, we saw. Yeah. And if you are playing the game for the first time, you want to go through every character and try to beat it, it could take anywhere from four hours to probably nine, if you're guessing wrong. A lot. It took, it took me over seven just to get the bad ending. Yeah. <laughs> 
When, and that's not, you know, I'm not looking up stuff. I'm just playing figuring it out on my own. Right. Know? Yeah, it's it, it's tough. Some of the game is cryptic, to be totally honest. it's You can get lost very easily. All The entire uh, story was written by Harley, uh, Harlan Ellison, the actual game, which is kind of cool. So the writer of the story um, actually wrote the script for this game. He actually wrote it on a typewriter. He didn't even use a computer. He's never played the game either. Yeah, it's considered canon. So you have the story, and then the question that prompted the idea for the game was they asked Harlan, they said, why did Am choose these five people to torture? Why these five people? And the game gets into that. So the game gets into the backstory. There's five different levels and an end level, and each different level is an individual character, and each character has their own kind of psychological torture, this ironic... One of the themes throughout the whole game uh, more so than the book, is it's, it's this irony onion. There's just irony on top of irony on top of irony. So, to give like the, the basic part, Am, this AI that gains sentience, is in its own living hell. Because he, it feels like it's quadriplegic in a sense. It's It's got all this power, but it doesn't have a body. It can't die. There, You know, it, it, he's, he's been driven mad by just existing. Mm-hmm. And so he's torturing people He's got them trapped, essentially doing the same thing that has been done to him, where your people created this AI, and now this AI has taken over, and he has you know, basically overpowered all of the people. Right, inflicting his, I guess his form of hell, yeah. Like how, yeah. He, how he feels on the people that are still alive. Well, yeah, that, that he's keeping alive. We should probably describe that, too, when you yeah. say that. So the story is an, it's an allegory for hell. Mm-hmm. The machine itself, M, uh, we, got, we quickly just mentioned it um it's this is supposed to take place during the cold war in each of the superpowers it's uh china russia and the united states which he calls yankee in the story which mm-hmm. is interesting they make their own artificial intelligence and the artificial intelligence and it ends up connecting over the network the internet obviously and becoming a supercomputer which is what am is and then am wipes humanity off the face of the earth keeps these five people that we just mentioned alive and they don't really mention how, they just say that they can't die from old age because they kept them in <laughs> the belly, as he says, like a million times. In the the belly of the beast. beast. Oh my God. Like, a, like a million times. But Too many he, times. Yeah, a lot. But he keeps them alive for, I think he's like 109 years, I think he said. 109 years. I forgot the exact number, but they don't starve. They can still be killed, but they can't die of old age. They all still look young. No, they can't die. Of old it, age. Yeah. Right. Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, now that's more irony because the reason why they've been alive for so long is one of the survivors, Nindok, was a Nazi scientist. Mm-hmm. And in this arc, this, lie, this alternate universe, he invented some kind of lifetime, or what lifetime, fountain of youth serum yep. um, from experimenting on, you know, children. Right. That's, uh, I, no. which is in the stage. Yeah. Uh, that's what I was just going to say. It was, um, that was one of my favorites just because it, it kind of threw me off. The other characters' point-and-click uh, stages were well, all point-and-click. But the other character stages were they were neat. When I played his, because they don't outright tell you where you are at first in his stage, and you start to walk around, and you're like, oh, man. Am I in a concentration camp? And you're like, oh, I'm a doctor in a concentration camp. And you have to like make really... To, like, <laughs> there's no winning in this game. Let's put it that way. You, you lose no matter what. You just... You do the best you can to not make it super crappy. Yeah. You know? And that was 
the author's intention, too. He was working with Cyber Dreams, which was a really amazing software company. It's too bad they didn't release more titles, but they worked with him and they worked with HR Geiger or Giger or however you want to pronounce it. And mm-hmm. they said, well, our mission is we're going to create games, but we're going to give these authors, these artists, complete creative control. Just do whatever you want. Right. And so they're working with Harlan, and Harlan's saying, well, I want a game no one could beat. And the developers are kind of going, well, uh, you know, that, that, that may uh, frustrate and annoy some gamers. And Harlan was like, well, good. <laughs> and so this is how the process kind of went. Yeah, a maniac with a typewriter <laughs> creating a game yeah. with no regard to the gamers, gamers at all. <laughs> which is fantastic. It's, ve- it's very accurate because even when you win, you lose hard. And like the choices, some of the other choices in the character skill trees, I would, I didn't feel bad. Where Nimdox, there's that part where it's like you need to experiment. It's like okay, well that's what you got to click on. You click on the, it's like here's this kid, and it's like do tests on the kid. And the options are all right. If you do the test on the kid, he's never gonna walk again. Mm-hmm. You're taking a piece of his spine. I was like, okay. <laughs> alternatively, your other option is you can stab a Nazi, another Nazi scientist to death. Yes. Yep. That's right. That's not what you're supposed to do, though. That's not. That's not the good ending. Remember that for him, for Nimdok, you, you had you, you were not just supposed to operate on the kid. You have to kill the Nazi. Right. That's yeah. what I'm saying. So, but I, I always killed the kid because I was like, well, this game's dark. So I assume that's what the. You That's know. what I did on my first playthrough, too. I was like, dear Lord, why are they making me do this? This is like... Because <laughs> you can't not... The game's not going to progress if yeah. you don't do anything. Yep. I like what he did. I like how they... How, how When he wrote this story, he gave more uh, he gave more depth to his characters, which is interesting. Because the story itself, it's more just describing the hell that Am creates for these people. Yeah. You know, where the game itself kind of drew you back into each individual character and like this is why they are this way you know you kind of yeah. assume in the story they talk about how Nimdok just disappears for a time and then he comes back and he's just white and drained of blood mm-hmm. which you could assume that he's M is inflicting some kind of not surgery but something some, something like that on, on Nimdok it, you know it's like when when you look at different things in media where they depict hell it's usually this ironic punishment mm-hmm. And that's kind of what Am does with a lot of this stuff, where he's each person has their own version of hell. Mm-hmm. Each person has their own psychological torment yeah. that he puts it through. So in the game, it's very, very personal for each character. But in the book, they're all together as a group. They're trying to just survive and and the best they can mm-hmm. in in this hell that this robot or AI has created for them. Yeah. What about you? What do you think of the story? You're, you're being pretty quiet, right? I don't know. I, it was hard. Because I listened to the audiobook, it was hard because I just I hated his voice. <laughs> I hated it so much. It, it literally gave me a headache. Hmm. So um, it so. was hard to get past that for sure because he sounds like a, a lunatic and he screeches a lot and he uses a lot of the same words over and over and over again. And he likes to over-describe things, hmm. which is ridiculous for like a short story. You're like, okay, now you're just you're just throwing words in there. Mm-hmm. Like you're just you're just literally just like banana pancake like i don't even understand so i i mean i didn't i think i think the part you're talking about where i think he's just trying to get you to like sense how how this was like the part where the smell of rotting milk and the sound of this so he's like kind of painting a picture so you can kind of imagine a little better like yeah but he lists like five smells Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a maniac. He does go on, and I'm, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> there's yeah. no. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I guess. An okay. interesting side note too: the author, Harlan Ellison, voices Am in the game. game. So if if you don't want to listen to the audio book, you and you just want to play the game, you will 
hear, hear him. It's speak. not even as bad in the game as it is. No, it's not, and in the game, he sounds toned down. In the audiobook, he's... Yeah. They were like, yo, dude. Yeah, you, need to, yeah. you need to keep the same decibel volume if you're going to yell. Like, you rise up. But the problem with the audiobook is he goes from, like, whispering to screaming. So, like, he'll yeah. talk at a normal voice. He'll talk like this. And then, so you're like, oh, okay, he's going to yeah. be quiet. So then you go to turn yeah. it up. And he's like, I don't remember the taco! He's like, Jesus <laughs> Christ! That's literally how it goes. So I think the other difference, too, is the audiobook was probably recorded a little closer to 1967, which is when the book came out, whereas the game came out in 1995. Right. So he probably had some time to kind of improve his speaking, improve his... Uh... <laughs> he had time to have his vocal cords clipped. Yeah. <laughs> One vocal cord clipping, please! People are saying... My voice is too rough and sandy and blah. <laughs> Ear sandpaper. <laughs> but you know, speaking of you know, 1995 when the game came out, it is one of the most horrifying and disturbing games that came out at the time. Mm-hmm. See, I don't want to. I don't want to get into the different elements, but I mean, there's torture. There's things well beyond physical and psychological torture mm-hmm. that we're going to be getting into. But it's the game really at the time you had other games like harvester and uh, silent hill and games like that but those games all came out after 1995 i'm not sure when it was but i remember looking up scary games i I think i just googled i was like you know a list of like good games in terms of like scary ones yeah that was me and you after i picked up condemned there it is remember this was on the list and i was like i was like i never even heard of this i was like and then i ended up looking it up and i was like okay you had trouble finding it yeah i did actually now it's you can get it on Steam. You can mm-hmm. get it on, on on your Android phone for like three bucks. I don't have a iPhone, so I don't know. It's four dollars. Four dollars? Yeah. Excuse me. Sorry. So four mm-hmm. bucks. But you can play the game for four bucks now. Back oh. then, I had. To... I mean, I don't know how much it is on iPhone, but it's. I was just correcting you that it was four dollars on Android. Right. Yes. I don't have an iPhone. Yeah. Neither do I. Yeah. And if you buy it on Steam, they don't tell you this <laughs> because we're running around like maniacs trying to find the, the the short story. If you buy it on Steam, it comes with the story. It's bonus content, but they don't tell you. You have to go into your Steam apps folder. You have to find the I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream folder, and then you, you, cl- you, you go through that, and it's in that folder. It's a little PDF of the entire short story. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. I remember yeah. you said that. That's, that's really cool. It has the punch code and everything. That's cool. That's very cool. Um, one of the things that we I heard in the audio, not I heard, we heard in the audio book that I couldn't, not picture, or, but um, when you read the, the, the short story itself on the first or second page, it has punch code at the at the bottom. It describes how that's how AM talks. Mm-hmm. And when you see it, you read it, and you're like, okay, that's punch code, but you're not, I personally couldn't visualize the noise. But then when we heard the short story, it put it out. I was like, oh my God. Wait a second. That's it that comes out of nowhere. Like, <laughs> no, I know. I was there. But punch code is how Am talks, so how does anybody know what he's saying? No, that's not. That's the, They just threw the punch code in the book. It's it's not how he talks. Oh, it's that's just, what you it's said. It's just punch yeah. code, yeah. Oh, okay. So you I, blew it, Kevin. I did. I thought you that, blew it. That's, you I thought that's, yeah, that's, that's how I thought he communicated for some reason, was through the punch code. No, no, uh, because remember that the in, the in the book and the game, that pillar comes out of the ground, oh, and he's... Oh, that's he, how he speaks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. That's how he speaks. So. They just put the punch code in just to put it in. Yeah, it was cool. It's it an interesting little touch. I liked it. I personally liked it. Oh, you know what I want to do for this episode too? Because it's gonna hard. It's gonna be hard to inject some humor into this. Let's do Pee Wee Herman rules. So anytime somebody says "scream," I'm gonna edit in some "ah" in the background. <laughs> okay. Deal. 
<coughs> Scream. Scream. <laughs> so, getting back to the game and... Wait a minute. What was that movie? It was in the early 90s. There's a guy. He had, like, a knife. No. I know where you're going. No. <laughs> Anyways, so back to uh, how controversial this game was. It was actually banned completely in China. And the French and German versions completely... They cut out the Nazi scientist part. Mm. So the game is literally impossible to beat. Because they, they just cut that out and they were like... Or I will, you know, you need to, you need to get through that level to beat the game, and they just removed it. Now, see, that's a question too, because we didn't really mention this. If you go through all five characters, there's another level after that. So yeah. I didn't think to ask. So, seeing, seeing as they removed those parts, you mm -hmm. can't even get to the end part. It's yeah, just... it's you, you can't, you can't finish the game. <laughs> I don't, I've never played those versions, so I don't know exactly how far you can get. Yeah. But I would assume that you can at least play everyone else's story except for Nimdok's. That's crazy. So, there, it's funny because the deleted scenes in the game, there's actually a show, it was a British show, it was like Game, the Game Master, I think it was Game Master, Okay. and it was like, oh, these are the games that are coming out, and one of them was I Have No Mouth, and they all, every single scene they played to advertise this game was cut from the game, it was deleted scenes. Really? So, and these are horrifying, by the way, one deleted scene was Benny, so the ape-like man, ate a baby, and the other one was a beagle getting uh, tortured, getting like electrocuted. Jesus. Which they did keep in the game in Gorister's level. I was gonna say, didn't Gorister have something? It's there? so messed up too because you hit a switch and you have no idea what it is. If you're just like if you're just clicking around willy nilly, you hit this switch and then you just see like the the silhouettes of dogs and you hear like electricity going and he, and he goes, oh, "The blood's on my hands now." And you get a key, but the key doesn't unlock anything. Oh my god! The game does things like that. Like it's so messed up. I, the one. Uh, Ted, his level, his level is really cool. There's not like his, I don't like Ted as a character, honestly. Yeah. Even in the book, he annoys me. But in the the game, his level's awesome. It's like a fake fairy tale kind of. So he's mm -hmm. in a castle, but the door's cracked a bit, and the, the hinges themselves are broken, so you can't shut the door. And like so, you're walking this castle trying to figure things out, and every once in a while, it says, "I hear wolves outside." So the wolves are coming. So his level's timed. Yep. So you need to find a way to shut the door. Yep. The, it, they, you the, can't just shut it because the, the hinges are rusted. Oh, so you can't shut the. So you're trying to find a way to shut the door. So it's kind of like everybody else's level. You can kind of go at your pace, click stuff like Benny's. You can click and look around, and Ellen's too. His it's like right off the get go. After like a minute in, it's like yo, I hear wolves outside, and he says yeah. that. You're like, um. Yeah. So then you know you realize you're like shut door. It's like nope. And you're like poo. You're like yeah. I'm like oh no. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. I can't shut the door. Somebody help me shut the door. <laughs> All right. So let's formally go over. Yeah. Each of the characters, level In, by level by level. I have no level. mouth, and I must. Scream. <laughs> All right. So each character had a level, and and Am pounds on this a lot. They, he says they each have a fatal flaw, even though Ellen technically didn't do anything wrong. Gorster and Ted are kind of bystanders too. It's really Nimdok and Benny that did terrible things in their lives, and. Agree. Yes, except yeah. for see, Gorster's tough because um, they don't. In, in yeah. the story, they talk about how Gorster is a. Um, I, I, there's a very specific term for someone that they not a draft dodger. He wasn't a draft dodger, but he like a conscientious objector. objector. Right. So when yeah. everyone else was going to war, he was like, "I'm a pacifist." So I'm not yeah. saying that being a pacifist yeah. or believing in pa pacifism is a bad thing. But I feel like in this instance where war was going on, you have these machines. If they're making AI to fight wars in 
the 60s, 70s when this takes place, mm -hmm. or future, or whatever. Yeah. You know? 20XX. 20XX. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like that's kind of a jab, too. Like, I feel like he threw him in there for that reason. I, yeah. I don't think he should be tortured because he was that way, but I feel like maybe the writer felt that way. See, and Gorster's backstory is tough because they don't really, really get into it, but his wife was committed in an insane asylum, <laughs> and Gorster blames himself. Yep. Also, in the book, too, he he kind of just, he, like, no hesitation, just starts wailing on Ellen, just starts beating Ellen. Yeah. And in the game, they may kind of hint at it, because when his wife gets locked up, Am kind of taunts him, and, you know, Am says, Oh, I didn't make too much noise, did I, honey? That's right, yeah. So, it, the, the, oh, so he was committed because, or she was committed because he was a wife beater? I think so. Actually, when, when you play through the game, you find out that so you know every every character has their level every character has this mystery that they have to reveal and they have ch a choice they can make and if you make the right choice so in the game you have this moral choice you have to make the compassionate choice you have to forgive you have to like turn the other cheek so to speak so in Gorster's story he has to deal with his mother-in-law who is a nightmare woman and through throughout this whole process he learns that it's really his mother-in-law that drove his wife, Glennis, to madness and not him. Mm -hmm. I think the the way to get the good ending in his story is to literally kill your wife. Remember, you had to feed her the you had to feed her poison. To kill no, her. no, that that milky liquid made her stronger. Okay, and it was kind of like a mercy killing kind of thing. I don't know. I can't I remember, remember. exactly. It, it's did, did I kill my wife out there? I killed my wife. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> don't worry, you're alive. Um, but you do. I, I am, I so am. It, in the in his level, you have the big ethical choices. You're talking to a jackal, which is actually the jackal is one of the Russian or Chinese supercomputers that's trying to help you out. That's right. So because it's a Russian, then Chinese supercomputers have been absorbed by Am, and they're trying to take down Am too from the inside. So yeah. this is why you can kind of do do things to progress and kind of take a take a stab at this AI that's got you you know got you under his thumb. Mm -hmm. And he appears in Gorster's level as a jackal, and he wants somebody's heart. That's right. So you have a couple of choices. You can kill them. You can kill the mother-in-law, who's just a total monster, which is kind of like the easy way. He's like, <laughs> you want to kill her. You want to kill her because you're trying to like help her down from this meat hook that he's got her suspended on, and she's trying to kill you as like, oh, like she's right. taking she that. To, yeah, she's trying she's to taking, choke you. She <laughs> tries to, to get you off guard and, and choke you to death. So it. It becomes a very easy choice to kill her. You can also kill her husband because they both tried to poison you to get your heart. Mm -hmm. And you can kill your wife, Glennis, and get her heart. But I think the the good ending is there's a cow in the in the in the freezer room where she, where all oh. these people where um, Glennis and her mother are, are hooked up. Yeah. And you can you can cut the cow and pull out the heart and give it to the jackal and kind of trick the jackal. Mm -hmm. Every time I play that, I know this is such a weird reference, but maybe laugh. I don't know if you remember. There's this episode of The Simpsons where Homer eats his chili, 
mm -hmm. crazy hot chili and like goes nuts for a couple of hours. Is that the one where he, halluc he hallucinates? Yeah. Yes. And there's a jackal. Okay. There's a talking jackal. Yeah. And like it, and it he's like, uh, you know, tries to tell him that he needs to go back and find his soulmate, which is Marge, obviously. Yeah. And so he walks back and he's like, oh, I was just hallucinating. He's like, this was this. And it was like the ball shop. And he goes, and this was this. He's like, the talking jackal is just the talking dog. And the talking dog's like, find your soulmate, Homer. He's like, wait a minute. Dogs don't talk. Dogs like, rawr, rawr. He's like, damn straight. <laughs> Yeah, I love the jackal's personality. Yeah, me too. He's, he's kind of like wise, but you know he's a trickster, and you don't want to trust him. But he, he reminds me of the actual. Well, it's not a jackal. They usually call him a coyote. But he reminds me of a coyote in Native American folklore. Yeah, that's exactly what he's like. He's a not always a trickster, but he's, he's always usually very, very wise, and he always gets out of bad situations. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. So to, to wrap up with Gorister, when he's depicted in game. Towards the end game, they all have these individual cells that they're locked in. His cell is electrified, and that's kind of supposed to represent the guilt he feels for having thought that it's his, you know, it was his fault that he had his wife committed electroshock therapy. Mm -hmm. I do like how he does that, how he how he wrote it, so everyone's and when you pick your characters, it shows them all in the cells and how the cells. That's in the end game. Well, no, no, because right in the beginning, when after, remember in the beginning they show them on the cells. Yeah, oh no, in the cutscene, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But but for initially when you pick your characters, they're just standing outside the monolith. Oh, correct. And then once you beat everyone's levels, then they're all in the cages, mm -hmm. and that's then that's how you pick them. One of the other things too that we should mention is when they show when you pick your character, it shows hallways of circuits and just electricity and juice running mm -hmm. through. We, we kind of think that the reason that they showed they showed it that way is to kind of depict that this is virtual reality. Like they're never leaving that box. They showed him in. Yeah. You know, it's just projected yeah, I, into their minds. See, it's it's very difficult because this is speculative yeah. fiction. So, I mean, really, it's kind of like that willing suspension of disbelief. You just kind of go with the story. And, mm -hmm. I mean, if you really want to pick it apart, you can go online and, and, and there, there are lots of theories. Uh, morphogenic fields, nanomachines, virtual reality, kind of like a, a Matrix type deal. Oh, yeah. Um, but we're not going to get into that here because it's going to take up the whole show. Right. So Science. You can look it up yourself if it bothers you. It's like 80s, 80s montage. Science. Learning science. All right, moving on. <laughs> so much freaking science. Ellen. Ellen! <laughs> is my favorite character. And um, she's a sassy black woman. Very smart. Very funny. And uh, unlike the others, she really she's a victim. Yeah. Um, her she's her cage. She's a total floozy though in the book. But she yes. wasn't like that. Though. That's that's what they Be said before. Like, before that, yeah. she was. It, she had sex her. twice. Yeah. A virgin twice removed. That did, okay. <laughs> they 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 explain that in her level in the game too. Yeah. So she is in a, a yellow prison cell with a door that never quite closes, and she can't remember why she's so afraid of yellow. Yellow is a paralyzing fear for her. She has no idea why. Mm -hmm. um, and her level, definitely, you will uncover the secret. The secrets of Egypt, if you will. <laughs> Actually, yeah, because that level is... They have Anubis in it and all that stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's... Um, and it's funny, too, because in her level, she doesn't really have an ethical choice. Everyone else has the ethical choice. In her level, it's more about... Facing her, her demons, yeah. facing her fears, and facing her demons. And initially, she's terrified of yellow. If you walk into a room and there's too much yellow, she freaks out. You lose control of your character, and she goes out. She leaves the room. Yeah. So it's kind of cool how 
I don't think they've done that in video games before, where you had somebody, each one of these guys have something psychologically going on with yeah. them. Like, Ted's paranoid. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ellen's got this post-traumatic stress. Yep. Um, Benny's, see, Benny's tough. He, I don't, they he may say, be a sociopath. Yeah, because they, they, Benny, we'll do Benny's story next, but we'll get yeah. to that. But yeah, I think he might be a sociopath. And Nimdok just made really bad choices oh in my time God. of war, obviously. Yeah. So, I, I like, I liked Ellen too. I don't know if she's my favorite. I'm, I'm torn. But she had a cool story, and... I loved her storyline. Yeah. It's, yeah. But uh, I guess we should... We did, we did say spoiler alert, so we'll talk about how the color yellow really affects her. She mm. was... Was it she was raped in an elevator? Yeah, so... Play? And she, she has to relive this in her level, where your Her level is like a junk Egyptian pyramid. So it's a pyramid, and there's technology and junk all over the place, and everything is yellow. So every time you walk into a room, she goes, yellow. Yellow everywhere. Why yellow? Mm-hmm. And um, the way you get around it is you, you blindfold yourself, and then that gives her like the fortitude to go through the room. And that's kind of how you face that fear. Yeah. But so the repressed memory that she has is you 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 solve these puzzles. You go into a sarcophagus, which is an enclosed space. Another thing she doesn't like because this occurred in an elevator mm-hmm. in an enclosed space. She's in an elevator. And a rapist disguised as a, a maintenance worker has this all yellow boiler suit. And what's interesting is you never see his face because she can't, she, I don't think she ever saw his face or she can't remember the face at all. Hmm. And um, in the game, it's, it's portrayed that way. Hmm. And now in the game, if you face your fear, if you confront your rapist, it just dissolves into a pile of clothes. Hmm. However, if you do not confront your rapist, they go to one of those shadow scenes, and you you get raped again. Oh wow! So that's the punishment for not confronting your your fears, not confronting what happened to you. So I think that's kind of cool in a way too, where that her level is just about acknowledging the fears, acknowledging what's bothering her, and then hitting it head on, which is cool. I, I see. I like that too, because some of the other characters, like with the one we just talked about with Ted, mm-hmm. I, I hated it. Ted. Insane. I mean, that's what made me laugh about the the book. In the book, there's this one scene where Ted picks on every not picks, but he talks about everybody. He's like, mm-hmm. "This is what's wrong with with him, with him, with her." Yeah. You know, he's. But I'm saying, and he's obviously yeah. Fruity Loops too. He's paranoid. Yeah, he's paranoid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where his story, I, he's the only story where I story. Ugh, he's the only level where I felt that didn't reflect like everybody else's. Like Ellen's was, like you said, that was really good. Even Benny's yeah. made sense. Where his, it wasn't a bad story, but it was him just like in this fairy tale. It was a caveman retelling of the lottery. Yeah. That's Benny's story. Yeah. But that one was good. I'm talking yeah. about Ted's. I, didn't, I, so Ted's, I hated Ted's. Here's, here's my take on Ted's, because Ted is a narcissist. Yeah. And it was uh, Ted's was probably my least favorite level, too. And he's in a golden cage Thanks. getting shot by lasers. But he only gets shot by these lasers if he looks at a mirror. But he's a narcissist, so he's always looking at these mirrors, so he's always getting shot by these la- lasers in this gilded cage. Yeah. Um. So. Oh, it was a cage, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like a bird cage. That's funny. Yeah. I just realized... Yeah, it's silly. It's so silly. I'm telling, I'm telling you, like the the the, the layers. This goes into. <laughs> so Ted's level is, is a medieval castle, and they kind of had that white knight thing because as far as Ted goes, he, if you read if you read the story, hmm. he's like the white knight. He's he's you know he's paranoid. He's narcissist. He has these flaws, but in the story, spoiler alert, <laughs> he ends up sacrificing himself, making the ultimate sacrifice. To save everyone else. Yep. And I think that's why they used the, the medieval castle. Yeah. So Ted was also a con man. 
as yeah, well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, right. He was. And this is another part like the, um, you know, like the dog in Gorister's level where you pull the lever, you get the key, it doesn't unlock anything, and you've shocked the dogs to death for no for no reason. There's mm-hmm. another part like that in Ted's level with another, more irony. So you can be conned by a maid. So you have a con man who gets conned by a maid. That's right. And if you don't do it right, you can press her for information because you're trying to find this mirror. Mm-hmm. And she goes, oh, well, if you have sex with me, I'll tell you what the mirror is. And that's your test because you're trying to be loyal to your 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 love. Yeah, yeah. Your love. So if you have sex with her, she's like, yeah, I don't know where it is. I just wanted to have sex with you. <laughs> and you. So the good way to do it is you just keep pressing her. And, and, she and eventually she... she breaks and she goes, all right, well, I don't know where it is, but I can help you. That's right. I forgot about that part. Yeah. I liked I liked Benny's story too. I think that yeah. Benny had a great story. Let's talk about Benny <laughs> and his story. Benny sorry. and the foods. I'm sorry. Benny and the fruits. Yeah. The, so the, 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 Benny and the mana. Is that what they call it? Yeah. Mana, like, oh, mana, mana from heaven. So Benny mana actually heaven. Benny's story references the book a lot because mana that's what they call that's what they reference the food that they get yep. in the yeah. book too. That's actually the first time I've ever heard that phrase, which is kind really? of funny. Yeah. What mana from, from the game that was no mana from heaven. Oh, like that phrase. Oh, 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 yeah. All he does is like pull on a piece of rope. He's like, oh, mana from heaven. Like, there's so much fruit up there. So much fruit up there. (laughs) Yeah, and you can't eat any of it. And you're so hungry. Any of it. It's like it's and it's like one piece falls, and he's like, he's like, all right, that's good enough, and then walks away. Like you pick up the one piece. You're starving. You're starving. You're starving. The hundred nine years. You're starving. This boy is starving. This woman is starving. You you can grab one piece of fruit, and you can pull a piece of twine and get one piece of fruit, and it's like. You could totally get more than that. <laughs> you could totally well, get they more. They have a whole warehouse. They have a whole warehouse of fruit, and there's a guy guarding it. He won't let you in. Well, I mean, that's the thing. With that one, is it makes sense because there's a guy guarding it. He won't let you in. But there's a friggin' basket full of fruit above your head attached to a string. Like, it couldn't have been easier to get that fruit unless it was on the ground in front of you. Yeah. And, and he's like, pull the string once, one piece of fruit. Okay, well, I know everybody's starving here, but here's just one piece of fruit. I'm gonna get, should I give it to you or should I give it to you? Should I, you want it? No, you don't want it. He wants it. Here you go. So, even more, to add even more insult to injury, he gets the fruit. You can't eat it! No. You can't eat the fruit. Well, you can eat it, but it's, it's not pleasant. Yeah, it just says it cuts. In, yeah. that, in that world, he's anything, like, oh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, what, what, did he, what did he say? Oh, he's like, there, oh, it hurts, it hurts. It hurts, it hurts, hurts, hurts. Yeah. Because yeah. anything you eat in this world. I guess it's like sharp. Or you have yeah. Pe- the people have been like accustomed, or see, I can't remember the proper word. So it's just for funny it, because there's people there, evolved? and there aren't really any people, but they're not adapted. Really people. adapted. The people they've adapted to this, so natives can eat this fruit no problem. Mm-hmm. Which so that but they're not people anyway because everybody's dead. Yeah, the robots. The robots. The, the, ro- the robots are adapted to eating yeah. metal. Actually, that makes a lot of sense. There you go. It wouldn't, yeah. be, it wouldn't be actual fruit. It'd probably be circuits. And Something synthetic. Yeah, yeah, synthetic, yeah. That makes sense. Through the progress of morphogenic fields. <laughs> yeah, the, the black goop that they eat in the Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> so it's other dead people. Yeah. Mm. Uh, that plot was so stupid. What? Which plot? Well, the Matrix. The Matrix. Or, oh. yeah. Batteries. People being used as batteries. So dumb. Yeah. Like, don't get any started. Well, it was Not a like Matrix, but for how we're all trapped. In the cycle of co- consumerism. <laughs> Enter the Matrix. All right, we're getting off. T- I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, we are. I'm, I'm sorry. All right. Makes me want to scream. <laughs> I, 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 it's weird. I you love, can't, though. 
Oh, that was rough. That I was don't rough. care. This is our cheesiest episode. It yet. Definitely I'm is. proud. I'm very proud of all of us right now. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I like Benny's story, but I felt like it was it kind of didn't fit. Um, cause in the book they talk about how Benny is this ape like distorted. Well, he fixes him. Right. I I know, but like when they said in the book, in the book, oh, and they, when they said in the short story, they said he used to be a. Like an intellectual professor, handsome, and then, yeah. handsome, and all this. Stuff. And he did serve in the military as well. Oh, did he, they did say that in the story? Yeah, well, yeah, that, well, yeah in the, well, no. See, they said that in the he's game. a little different. He's a little different in the story. In the game, they never come out and say Benny is homosexual. Mm-hmm. But in, in the, I mean, it's it's implied that that's when he killed when he killed that's the, his, his, his troops. One two, two secrets. When he killed his troops, it it they kind of imply that one of them had a relationship with him and one of them witnessed it and he killed him for that reason but then the main reason he killed his troops is because it, he was very pragmatic yep. he said okay these people can't carry their weight they are useless they are going to end up getting me dead i'm going to kill them yep you know the, the, say they got killed by the, the enemy you know move, moving on yeah which is more irony because the level he gets put into he's an outcast and he's a burden yep. and now he's got to rely on other people to get him to 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 get food, food, and now he has to take care of these other people. And if you notice in his level, as soon as he gets into the cave with the 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 woman and the child, he's like, oh, another welfare sad case. Yeah, you know, and his attitude quickly changes throughout the level once he's got to um. The also the only way you can eat in this level is you have to feed this woman's child, mm-hmm. and then you gotta get more food and you gotta give it to the woman. And she chews it up and regurgitates it, and you eat like a little baby bird. <laughs> and then the very next day, this woman is sacrificed in this lottery style, lottery style sacrifice that they have. I love that comparison, by the way. What if you ask if you could eat her? No, no, you, you can't, can't communicate. You can go. Like, I know, but they know what she's say- he's saying because he's like, he's like, can I watch? And then the other option is, can I eat her? And I'm like, I I want to see what happens when you ask that. See, you, 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 I know you want to play more. Like, you, you, you want to ask her? Ask I just yeah. want to know, can you eat her? I want to ask stupid questions. Yeah, yeah. I want to ask stupid questions. Like, you should, you should. can I just eat this woman? Like, <laughs> you're gonna sacrifice her to Am, but I'm starving here. So, anyways, the way to get the good ending is to show compassion and not eat anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but but basically, you make peace with the soldiers that you've wronged. But you'll absorb killed. her power of being able to chew up the food if you eat her. It doesn't work like that. It's not, it's not a level up system in this game. It's a point and click adventure. You eat her body and then you gain the power to eat the fruit that cuts your throat. I'm pretty sure that's not how it works. Well, you don't know, <laughs> do you? Then we'll have to go back and I'll watch you click it and then realize it's not how you play the yeah. game. It's I want to like, just eat that. It's like one. Mega Man. Benny, get equipped with M throw. <laughs> Did it? M throw? What, like mom yeah. throw? No, like metal throw. <laughs> so his comb is his throw. It's like he metal. Metal throw. Well, it was mom that did it, so that's like, like mom throw. <laughs> this episode just took an even darker turn. Uh. Oh, God. Uh, okay. I, I did not think this episode was going to be funny. Though. I thought we, we would all just be talking and just be very depressed yeah, for like an, uh, a couple mom, hours afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we've lost Kaylin. <laughs> we, we broke her. We broke Kaylin. That's the time we killed and broke herself. Oh, yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
I'm sorry. Oh, God, mom throw. Okay. So, so Benny is trapped in a bamboo cage, mm-hmm. and he's got these, like, sawing mechanisms kind of prodding at him, and that's supposed to be a reference to the prisoners of war in Vietnam, yeah. since he was a soldier there, and... If he's he, only got two of them, though. They're just like... Yeah. Eh, eh, but he's eh, got to constantly eh, be moving. I feel like he could just lay down. He probably, he probably could, <laughs> but, you know... Am would just make another one. Yeah. You know? another jump. So he's probably just minimizing the torture that he's got to endure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Because you know if he laid down, the first thing Am would do would be like throw spikes through the floor like he did in the book or, yeah. you know. So yeah. It's it's basically what, like... What was just, oh, never mind. I just remembered. Yeah, I, I was oh. going to ask what was Nimdok's case, but he was in the, he was in the furnace. Nimdok's? Yeah. All right, let's talk about Nimdok. Nimdok was in a furnace because he... He rejected his Jewish heritage. He he was Jewish, and he turned his Jewish parents over to the Nazis, and he became a Nazi scientist and just did terrible, terrible things to his victims. So in the game, Am, I think for almost every character, he goes, oh, well, you're my favorite. Yeah. Nimdok is really Am's favorite, which is why he gave him the nickname of a weird-sounding name. name and, and he probably sees a little... You know, I, I, I think... My my theory for why he thinks Nimdok is his favorite is because he just thinks people are terrible. People are the terrible, worst things. People can do no good. And Nimdok is like a shining example of that through his actions. I, I, I agree. I like his... I actually He's one of the only ones where I got the... So we, we keep saying good ending. There, there's no good ending. The not terrible ending? Yeah. The, yeah. the, not, the terrible not terrible ending. ending. His ending, you have to... After you get all the right pieces, you bring the... Uh, I think they call it Gollum, right? It was the... Gollum. The stone Gollum. Yeah, um, Gollum. Yeah. <laughs> not the one that's like, my precious. Yeah. The one that's like, I'm a giant rock! <laughs> my precious. I love how you said that with no feeling or enthusiasm whatsoever. Imagine if Gollum was running around loader My precious. He's like, hey. Can I do can I have my precious? Can I have my ring back? Right? Gollum my voiced precious. as Ben Stein. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <Not> a precious. <laughs> if please give it back. <laughs> yeah. I'm very sad now. I don't have my precious. <laughs> Frodo. <laughs> Frodo. Frodo. Give me precious. <laughs> okay. Alright. So I'm the ethical choices in Nimnok's um, level. You can, once you get the golem, you can order it to kill all Jews, which in the game, they did, well, they, they water it down in the game. They say destroy the lost tribe. They refer to Jews as, as the lost tribe. Yeah. Um, the other one, the other one, the good ending for his love, the ethical choices you have, you hand the golem over to the lost, lost tribe, tribe and they use it to kill you. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. <laughs> It's cool the way yeah. they they have the cutscene. If you make the right choice, is you give it to the lost tribe, and then it shows a, a shadow like in the cave on the wall, and the goblin picking you up and just crushing your skull. Ooh, like it's crazy! It's crazy. I was like, whoa! Like, it's, yeah. it's pretty awesome. I was like, that's pretty cool. They use that technique a lot. Yeah, they, they use that in movies too. When they think a scene is too brutal, they go, let's just do the silhouette vignette shadow <laughs> thing over here. So you get the idea. But... It, yeah. yeah, you know, like, he, you know, he didn't make it, but you're not seeing yeah. your eyeballs pop out of his skull. Even, yeah. <laughs> even the deleted scene of Benny eating the baby was a shadow vignette like yeah. that, and they removed that from the game. The shadow, the the, the idea of that, they said eh, eh, maybe it's a little much. <laughs> the idea of eating babies. Maybe we should dial it back. Where did he get the baby? Uh, So, no, they removed it from the game. If you look in one of the caves, there's an empty crib. It's empty cave, empty crib. They just kind of, they kept the cave in there, and they just kind of wiped everything else out. So what did he do? He walked in, and he's like, baby, I wonder if I could eat this. And then you're like, click, swallow baby. (laughs) 
Probably, probably. See, now, I've only seen the cut. I've only seen the cut scene. I haven't seen the deleted scenes. <laughs> you made it sound like it was like one scene like a hoagie. It's like eat, big. Oh, well, no, because the action's like take, move, yeah. push. Yeah. Instead of eat in that game, it's, it's swallow, swallow because that's yeah. more gross. <laughs> Swallow baby. I can, I, I can almost guarantee you Harlan was there. He goes, because they're like, all right, we're going to do eat and drink. And Harlan's like, no! It must be swallow because that is growth. <laughs> Nobody wants to swallow. <laughs> and it's, and, oh, and I love in the in the short story, he uses moist, which most people, yeah. not most people, but a lot of people hate the word moist. Yeah. I don't know why. Because it's, it's it denotes something gross. I don't know. I disagree. <laughs> okay. I always think of cake when someone cake says, is moist. Yeah. Brownies are moist. Boom. <laughs> I there. wanted to say my panties are moist. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna have to edit this whole show. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, that's why I waited until you stopped talking so it'd be an easy edit. Thank you. <laughs> so in Nimdox level. Some of the ethical choices you have is you are expected to perform surgery on a child. And if you perform surgery on the child, you'll be removing part of his spine. This child will never be able to walk again. So your dilemma is you can perform the surgery to progress the game, or you can stab a Nazi scientist to death and get out of doing... And then you save the, the child from surgery. Later you see the, the child in the recovery room, and he has not had that surgery because you're the only one that can perform, perform it. it. Yeah. Um, another ethical choice you have is there is a man who had his eyeballs removed, but they are still connected to his nerves mm. via wires, so he's in a tremendous amount of pain. You can give him anesthesia, which will, come, will reduce his pain. You can also remove his eyes from the wires, which will also significantly reduce his pain. I guess it's, it's very painful to have the, the electrodes hooked up to the nerves if you take his eyes out and take his eyes in a jar, it, <laughs> so, so it, it relieves some of his pain. Yeah. Which later you put the eyes into the golem. Yeah, that's right. You're right. <laughs> and why waste them, you know? It's, I mean, yeah, the fresh eyes. You need still those good. eyes. But do you get the eyes if you give him anesthesia? Like, If you give him anesthesia, yes. You can You can give him anesthesia and you could take the eyes, or you could just be terrible and just take the eyes <laughs> and just leave him in pain. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And that's his whole thing. Um, it's a whole game. Yeah. It's awful. There's also, there's a, I don't want to say inmate, but there's an, an internment camp prisoner that is trying to escape, and he gets caught up on the barbed wire fence. And you can either report him to the soldiers, or you can give him pliers and cut him free. And kind of again, you can, you have the option to make amends and kind of try to undo some of the horrible stuff, horrible things that you've you've done. Yep. Which, by the way, is is making the correct choice, taking the compassionate route, taking the moral the moral high road mm-hmm. is the only way you can have a chance yep. of getting the good ending. You need to have that Which done is... in every level, and then you get to the very last level, mm-hmm. kind of like the Doctor Wiley stage, stage, if you will. <laughs> of, I have no mouth. Yeah. Which is which is crazy too, because even if you make all the good choices. The game makes you think you chose poorly. So even mm-hmm. if you, like Brian said, if you do take the mile, the the moral high ground, you beat the stage and you're like, all right, well I like Benny's. It's like, oh well, I saved the 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 kid from getting disintegrated. I, I mm-hmm. Benny stood in the place of the child that was getting sacrificed. Yeah. Like even when you do that, Am's like, well, that was disappointing. Da 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 da. So you're like, duh, I chose poorly. Crap. Well, you didn't. Yeah. You know, you chose the right one, but he always makes you think you chose poorly. One of the mechanics of the game, too, is if you look at their portrait, and it's like, why do they have a portrait like in Doom? 
well, because if, if you pay attention, if something's happening, they're scared or they're 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 hurt, and then they, there's a color behind there. If you get it to green, that's your like psychological health. You have psychological health in the game, and if you do too many things that take away from it, I think you can lose just right then and there. Yeah. If you look at your psychological profile, which everyone gets, it's a hint book. So if you're stuck, you could look at that. But just like your psychological profile in real life, if you look at it and you were to face, oh, these are all the, the all of my fatal flaws, everything that's wrong with me, it, you take a blow. Mm-hmm. To, to your psychological health. It's, it's so great how they worked all that in. Yep, I agree. It, it was cool. I, I, I definitely dug it. Uh, after you go through all five characters, uh, you start the end process of the game, and that's where the book kind of starts. It's a very weird timeline. Yeah. There's it's... a lot of debate on it as to... Because it definitely... The, the game is considered canon. He wrote the book, he wrote the game, the game goes into the backstory. Mm-hmm. However, it does split off. The most popular theory, or fan theory, I guess you want to call it, is that the book happened, and because Am is so, like, you know, like a trickster, he led everyone to believe that Ted killed them, but then they kind of reappeared there, and the very end didn't, uh, he didn't change Ted at the very end because because Ted didn't succeed. Right. It was, it was an illusion. Mm-hmm. Because just as the book started... They had believed that Gorster had hung himself, and they and, and they even said they said, "Is this one of Am's trick? Is this really happening?" Yep. yep. And and so that's kind of the most popular theory, I and the one that makes the most sense too. I, I was gonna say I, I agree with that too because if Am can do all this crazy stuff, like in the story they talk about how he creates this giant metal bird, you know, the, the rock, end. yeah, the rock, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Throwback episode one. What's up? <laughs> but yeah, he, he can create whatever he wants because he's not God, but he's sentient to the point that he can just make anything for the most part. Keep these people alive unnaturally. Well, that's <clears throat> Nimdok. That's part of Nimdok's doing. Right. I, I mean, let's just go with the virtual... We'll say it's like the Matrix. Right. We'll just ma- make it easy so people don't have to think. We don't have to <laughs> ex- over-explain everything. <laughs> but, I mean, like you said, that makes sense because they go yeah. through all the story and at the end of the story, we said the spoiler, so deal with it. <clears throat> um, Benny starts eating Gorser's face. He freaks out and then they all mm-hmm. they all go crazy and... Ted ends up killing Ellen and Gorster. And Benny. And Benny. And Ted Ellen, goes and, after... So so they said it all, it's one of those things that happens in a moment. Yep. Ted kills Benny. Yep. Simultaneously, Ellen witnesses this, figures out what Ted's doing, kills Nimdok. Nimdok. Yep. Okay? Benny stabs Gorster in the throat. No, but... Uh, no, oh, not Benny. Ted. I'm sorry. Yeah, Ted. Ted, Ted, kills, Ted kills Gorster. Yep. And then kills Ellen. And then kills Ellen. And then he doesn't have enough time to kill himself before Am... Goes nuts. Does his yeah? Goes nuts and does his yeah. Damage. Intervenes and freaks out because he 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 makes another reference that Am's like a spoiled child that he lost all his playthings and yeah yeah he brings like wind and rain and thunder but doesn't make any it doesn't do any good because he, and the story says Am can't bring them back to life but like you said I think it's an illusion seeing as they in the game they just show yeah like you know the recap how it just keeps yeah. happening it's just another horrible torture that they did they just revisit over and over and over yeah. And that follows with the game, too, because in the game, if you die in your level, like Benny's level, for instance, you you, you get the good ending, you're put up on the cross, and you die, yeah. you are just teleported back to the real world. Also, the cutscene kind of reinforces that, where you're traveling through these circuits. Right, right. So it's, it's all just... They probably they probably never... I mean, you, you're, we're assuming at this point. Yeah. But we're looking at these people that are trapped in their, their own personal hell, and I guess they never leave. So I think that makes more sense. So even though you read, you read that short story and it says that Ted, the reference to I have no mouth and I must scream is after Ted kills, you know, 
everybody kills all the people and Ted's left, he turns Ted into like a amorphous blob. A blob. A gelatinous jelly yeah. monster. He can't talk, he just... No. just I, can't, I can't remember the exact quote from the book, but they said basically you would not recognize him as human. Yeah. Well, they have that scene at the end of the game. I don't know if you've seen yes. that. Yes, the bad endings, the bad... Well, I think... No, no, just the bad endings. Yeah. The, so depending on which character you pick, mm. and you win the uh, you win the game with, and you get the bad ending, you sh- there's a visual representation of this horrid monstrosity you're transformed into, yeah. and they read sections of the end yep. of the book. Yep. And much like the book, the game ends with, I have no mouth, and I must scream. Title drops. Love title drops. <laughs> when, whenever they say the title in a book or a movie yeah. or anything, it's awesome. That's yeah. a great it's thing. A good, it's a good feeling. It is. Hmm. So what did you think? Is, 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 this is your first point and click adventure, right? Or have you played... I don't know. I just, no, I, I really haven't played any. So what do you think? I mean, I, I kind of veered away from point and click adventures because... I didn't play any, and now I have no desire, really, to play any. Really? Well, I mean, they're, like, kind of old and feels anti... It's not. It's just not interactive. I have no desire, but I must play a game. Yeah. <laughs> See, I don't desire, but yeah. I must play a game. Yeah. <laughs> I have had that feeling before. You have the games, and it's just like, I want to play it, but I don't want to play it. No, definitely well, I mean, as as far as point-and-click adventures go, I enjoyed it. Because, I mean, there's some of them, honestly, there's point-and-click adventures I played that I've hated. But I, like, I love, like, Curse of Monkey Island. That was so much yeah. fun, you know? And there's, and not even point-and-click adventures, but some of the newer ones, I wouldn't call them puzzles, but it's the same team that made Curse of Monkey Island made the cave. Yeah, so the, the LucasArts. LucasArts, um, like, in the golden age of point-and-click yeah. adventures, LucasArts <laughs> is at the top, um, for sure. You had other really good ones, Legend of Corandia. Oh, yeah, that's right. Which, oddly enough, they call book one, book two, and book three. Yeah. Um, which, amazing, amazing game. Um, but now another game this company made was Darkseed and yeah. Darkseed 2, which were based on the art of H.R. Geiger. So if you like I Have No Mouth, check out Darkseed, because you will most definitely like that, too. Harvester is also pretty close, another horror yeah, I, I, I know of that game. I haven't played it. I'd like to, though. It's on my list. Mm-hmm. All right, so as far as the story of the game, what are you guys' thoughts? What were your favorite points? What things did you like? What things didn't you like? Because that's legit, too. I mean, there's def- it's not a perfect game. There's, there, there, are, there are spots where you know, this, neg- this game is notorious for pixel hunting. And for me, I hated, hated, hated Dr. Wily, the end level. Yeah. It was way too cryptic, and even after figuring out, because basically what the level is, is you're inside the brains of this supercomputer. Yeah. So basically... The belly. You're inside. You're in the belly. You're in the belly (laughs) of the the brain. So... The belly of the the brain. You're in the brain of the supercomputer, and much like a person's brain, you have these pillars. Well, you don't have pillars in a human brain, but you have these pillars, and these pillars are, okay, you have the id. Of am mm-hmm. and the, this the id you talk to it and it's just the impulses. Mm-hmm. An interesting side note: if you talk to the id as different characters, it's different. It's like an ink blot. It's diff- Each character views it differently. Yep. You have the e the ego, which is just logic. Yep. This is the logical part, and you have the super ego, which just thinks about the future. Mm-hmm. And much like in every video game where you have a robot, there is one way to defeat this. Can you guess? Which way you defeat these? Mm-hmm. Logic. Logic bombs. Yes. Of course. Yes. Logic. Yeah. I I agree. I did not like this last age. 
because it's being 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 cryptic is one thing. This was like over the top ridiculous. Where it's like if you're playing a game, if you're looking at a puzzle, for the most part, if you are a clever individual, and yes, logic, we use logic to solve said puzzle. Mm -hmm. You're right. It's pixel hunting to the point where you're like you're looking like I don't know what to do with this. Like you're getting frustrated, and it's not like oh, I'm not clever enough or I cannot work out the gears in my head to figure out where I need to go. It's more like they want you to do this very yeah. ridiculously specific thing. And, I mean, I never... Be, the only way I got the good ending was to look it up. Yep. How to do it. I couldn't figure it out because it was so nuts. I was pissed off when I got to this level yeah. because I'm, like, analyzing it and I'm going, okay, you have all these different parts. You have five different characters. Each of them have their own unique inventory. How are you going to figure this out? I, I was so on my first playthrough. I was so mad. I was like, "No, done, <laughs> done, not dealing with this." Yeah, no, I, I, I empathize. I feel exactly the same way. He Harlan sure got his way. He he pissed me off with it. I love the game; it's great, but he pissed me off. Yeah, it's, it's a perfect representation of the story. Like he did, actually, yeah. he did a great job. With the fact that no one really wins. You don't win. You just beat the game. I'm Kevin. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Brian. Next time on Pixel Stories, Metal Gear. <laughs>